and welcome back to Cooking the Books with me, Jilly Smith, the podcast which digs just a little deeper into the minds behind the best of the food books through four food moments. And this week I'm with the woman who made Cooking the Books happen in the first place. No, really, when Melissa Hemsley said yes to my invitation to be on a brand new indie podcast over two years ago before we'd even met, the rest of the A-listers flooded in. And that's because she's not just the best-selling green queen but one of the most generous, genuine and well-respected members of the food community. I care even more about my cookbooks. I care even more about my Instagram, my newsletter. And during lockdown, thinking about purpose, you know, I just thought what I can do is support Olio. What I can do is support the Felix Project. What I can do is bake for the breast cancer department for future dreams. Her latest cookbook, Feel Good, a hundred quick and easy recipes to bring a bit of comfort and joy into our kitchens and beyond, is, I think, what makes her so compelling as a read, both in her books and on her social media. But I began by asking her what she intended it to be. Jilly, I was just having a shower and thinking about you, and I am so rubbish at summing stuff up. Um, If you can help me summarise it, I'm going to steal whatever you say and use it in all future podcasts and interviews. What is feel good? I mean, that is a huge question, isn't it? I think what I kept coming back to is it's unique to you. It's whatever suits you, whatever makes you feel best, whether that's sinking into the sofa with the most comforting bowl of dal and topped with a pickly, crunchy salad, or it's on a happy happier more energetic day maybe doing a double batch of something and freezing it as a little investment to your future self sometimes it's the simplest thing and at the last second you go do you know what I have got energy for that one minute frizzly dizzily flourish on top of my scrambled eggs I'm taking my basic scrambled eggs into something else um it it is all those things sometimes it's a can of beans and uh, a little bit of leek fried together in five minutes and then the like a fingernail's worth that's not a very nice way of describing it but like a fingernail's worth of parmesan you know that bit right at the end grated on and a bit of lovely frozen sourdough the last heel of the bread that you froze six months ago and that's your dinner and that's complete feel good and that's actually what I might have for lunch <laughs> I'm constantly following your lunches by the way on Instagram very 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 often I think oh shall I have a lunch and I'll just check what Melissa's having oh I'll have that that's well, a very good idea do you know what you can do look at the hashtag laptop free lunches oh, although I have been a little bit um slack at updating it because I do think I do think it's important for us to step away from our phones oh, and definitely laptops and so I mean, going back to that kind of essential uh, sell of the book. So what did you say to your publishers, for example? What did you say that you wanted to do with it? I can never sum things up. You know, the, the strap line on the book says quick and easy recipes for comfort and joy, which I love. Um, that took us about two weeks to try <laughs> and distill. But I'm, I'm always so envious of other authors. They're just so good at saying what the sell is. It, you know, Eat Green came out January and then we had the pandemic in March or kicked off in first lockdown in March. So I was already tinkering at what is now Feel Good. And I mean, the publishers, Ebri, you know, Sarah Benny, you know, you know them so well. They're so kind to me and generous and uh, unrushy. I just tinker. And it's rare that I know what it's going to be called or how to sum it up. But what I kept exploring even um, pre-lockdown was 
community and connection, which we always talk about, you and I, because it comes back to Food Foundation, the Felix Project Charity, giving young people, amplifying their voices, um, us chefs having a responsibility not just to churn out great recipes, but to help show people how to waste less and save money and use less electricity and gas. It's obviously super, never been more important. Exactly. I think that that's what feel good is all about. And it's interesting where you put the emphasis. Is it feel good? Is it a directive? Or is it feel good food? I think there's a purpose behind what you do. And I, the way I read it, it felt very much a mental health book, a positive mental health book. And it's a kind of a, and your Instagram posts are all about how anxiety inducing modern life can be Mm. and how food is integral in that. And the way that you cook, the way that you consciously cook to avoid waste, the waste hacks that you give, the, the, the surplus food, you know, where that goes to with the Felix Project, helping underprivileged kids to cook with, you know, the Princess Trust charity that you're involved with, you know, all the things that you do are a, a nod to how tricky life is and this is a sort of a, a mary poppins bag of all the wonderful things that you reach Love into that, and you pull them out again and again and again and there are so many that just make you feel mm, good mm. and your feel good might be different from mine i bet we're going to cross over so much but you will have things because it will be your life experience your childhood memories your little things that your mum or dad did for you you know, let's just talk a little about anxiety and mental health. You you do refer to it a lot. Um, you know, we've just come out of lockdown. The last time we saw each other, in fact, you were the last person I saw before I locked myself away. Yes. We were at Katie's Caldesi in Marlebone, weren't we? Exactly, La Cucina Caldesi. And we were doing a piece with you on waste. Yes. Uh, a piece for How to Eat to Save the Planet. And it was brilliant. And, and your waste hacks are always amazing. And we, you cooked a frittata then, and we, that is one of your food moments. Yes. Um, but, you know, what lockdown did really kind of uh, bring up was how many people are just suffering from low-level anxiety that just went completely mm. over the top. Food... Mm helps to calm people can we just what's the melissa hemsley take on that what have you been watching what have you been talking to people about what's your take on mental health i imagine like lots of us have had a roller coaster not just day by day hour by hour week by week i always something in my body always catches whenever someone says like you just did we're out of lockdown now because i sort of don't feel it yet I still feel nervous traveling into town. I still feel, to be honest, a little bit overwhelmed with big groups. I'm going on a book tour shortly. I know. And I can't wait. And actually, it's lovely because quite a few people have have said, I'll see you there. And I recognize faces from previous book tours. So that's really lovely. And I know I'll love it when I'm there. And then I know I'll get home off the train and I'll be buzzing, won't be able to sleep. But little things that seemed easier then, day-to-day work, shopping, putting together a meal, tackling life admin, all I feel feels a bit harder for me now. So what do I do differently? I walk twice as much as I used to. I I loved walking anyway. You and I have our dogs and our dog walks. And um, actually, I was looking at our WhatsApps. I've got pictures that you've sent me from a sunset beach, you know, like, (laughs) you know, you and I are quite similar like that. And I'm sure lots of us are in that what what might have thrilled me before is now completely soothed by being out in nature 
Um, I feel that I plan my day differently now and I, and I understand that I'm in a privileged position that I can control my hours somewhat. I think that because I know I've got a two month book tour, uh, coming up that I'm being extra gentle to myself a little bit before, a little bit after I put meetings in the diary with myself for walks um, I've been napping, Jilly. Do you ever nap? <laughs> I do. I love an afternoon nap. I feel so incredibly guilty that I don't do it very often. No, and I we set mustn't. an alarm um, so that you know I can't have too much of it. But oh my goodness, what a joy! Do you get grumpy and grouchy if you oversleep? No, I just just give myself such a hard time that it's not worth it. No. Do you know what? Um, sp- speaking of you, you asked me what have I been reading and consuming and watching. I believe we've talked about Kimberly Wilson before, mm, How to Build yeah. a Healthy Brain. Who I interviewed for Delicious, actually. Oh, yes, of course mm. she did. So I'd recommend listening to Jilly's podcast with Kimberly. She also has the Thinking Space Book Club. Kimberly's got so many resources. She reminded me that we shouldn't think of a nap as a treat or something we have to justify doing like oh I've worked so hard or have have worked 10 days in a row without weekend I'm allowed a nap it's something that our body needs and is and is positive for us in so many ways so sometimes when I lie down my mind's racing and I don't actually nod off but that's okay too just the lying down you know I love a soup I know you do too I have been eating even more soups albeit with as you know some interesting toppings my cr- you know it's got to have a crunchy yes. topping or some oozy feta melting my, in my or... soups have been transformed by your crunchy toppings i have to say oh, don't say that too often to yeah. people going back you know me i love to roll around all your questions throughout the whole <laughs> podcast going back i'm determined that my next book if my publishers ever offer me another <laughs> book deal i'm just determined for it to be a soup cookbook. I, I think you should absolutely Soup and nothing but soup. You do give away a lot of your recipes. I mean, every single day you come up with something. That's where I get the Mary Poppins analogy. Mm. Where do you get all these ideas from? You just must be thinking about them all the time. From my veg box, from my local food shop. You know, I get my Riverford box every Friday. I actually think that my doorbell may go with my Riverford veg box man. That's all right. (laughs) I'll shout out the window to him and say hello. Um, I've got an amazing refill shop on my high street. But uh, I think that okay while us authors would like to be able to sell books so that we can earn a living it has never been more important to be giving free recipes because of course the cost of living the availability of time and resources that people have to cook has gone down stress levels for everybody here's me just banging on about how I feel I feel that the community needs to pull together more than ever um lockdown hopefully has reminded us how important and good it feels as a as a positive it doesn't feel bad to help to support someone and I think that um when you've got a little bit more sharing what you've got with someone that doesn't have that or or needs a bit more help is is saying it's our moral duty to preachy I think it might be what's a better way of being not a preacher I just feel it's important and I tell my girls that happiness is a social movement sort yourself out and then get on and help the rest of the world i like that happiness is a social movement i'll take that jilly um and i think that going back to you know the the mantra of your book i get purpose i think that i mean i don't know if you listened to the um episode recently with kitty tate kitty and i'll Tate, the orange bakery yes now she it you know it's such a wonderful story there was a 14 year old girl with crippling anxiety and 
she said that she didn't feel that there was any point to her life and baking gave it purpose and I think that you know that's a really sort of dark uh, edge to what we're talking about but I think a lot of people feel purposeless we all have that dark edge to varying degrees and at various times and that's why actually it's so important there's some things I've shared on social media that I've gone through the last two or three years there's some things I haven't shared and the reason I haven't shared them is many fold for one if I shared certain things it would open up a conversation I don't feel I have the right skills or the energy to respond appropriately but I'm certainly seeking out that type of information and content myself because it is helpful to me. So I feel that my, I I feel like I take my job even more seriously than I did before, if Mm. that makes sense. I care even more about my cookbooks. I care even more about my Instagram, my newsletter. And during lockdown, um, thinking about purpose, you know, I just thought what I can do is support Olio, what I can do is support the Felix Project, what I can do is bake for the breast cancer department for future dreams to say thank you for, you know, so that you're right, purpose is... It is very important. I mean, let's put some picture around that in Through Your Food moments. Um, I mean, chocolate pots, actually. (laughs) Let's get chocolate pots. It's really important to treat yourself. I, I'm going to quote back Kimberly Wilson again. This idea of, tr- I mean, it's just delicious. And actually, my friends are coming over tomorrow and I've got some hazelnut milk and I'm making the chocolate pots. So it's three ingredients. It's dates, preferably Zaytun dates because they are just an incredible Palestinian uh, fair trade brand, small yeah. batch brand. Um, dates hazelnut milk or whatever milk full fat dairy yum all of all the milks and great chocolate fair trade chocolate hopefully and with a little sprinkle of sea salt and you blitz it all up together i've told you the whole recipe you don't need to buy the book (laughs) (laughs) and then the important thing is you top it with whatever you want to top it with so you know it's it's pretty freezing cold today i'm you know i may be some like roasted with a little bit of brandy, some boozy, boozy fruit on top, or maybe yeah. some summer ber- berries. Maybe I'll get some blackberries from Epping Forest when the time <laughs> comes. So I love that. But it's that little sprinkle of sea salt, maybe a little bit of lovely olive oil as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so easy, Jilly, that recipe. My God, I'm not a big sweet person, both in my, I'm not a great, I'm not a great skill wise. And I don't love sweets. I love chocolate though. Yeah. And it is very much, you know, curl up on the sofa with Nelly the dog, put the Mm. fire on and just give yourself some time out, isn't it? You talk about that in the book. You talk about your kitchen as being the place where you can really find peace and calm. Mm. Um, You're constantly sort of having to create. There must be some kind of pressure on you to constantly pull stuff out for your Mary Poppins back. But you you say that that's the place where, and I've seen you in that Mm. kitchen and Mm. it is beautiful. And to see you in it, you are absolutely at home in it. Tell me about that kind of that double-edged sort of calm and pressure. Calm and pressure. Oh, I struggle with it. I really struggle with it. Um, I I don't feel pressured to deliver the recipes because I cook three times a day or I eat three times a day, let's say. Um, so I'm cooking what I'm eating. And then because I love to not waste food and don't waste money, 
then everything's rolling over into the next one. So it's just, what have I got to use up? So that's why often it will be a fritter, or a fr- you know, freestyle fritter on a Friday or a fridge-raid frittata. What I do feel pressure is, though, is to then remember to share it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I was actually getting a bit peed off with myself because, you know, this morning I wanted to do a meditation and I'm not uh, strong-willed enough or surrendery enough, rather, because it's about surrendering meditation, isn't it, to meditate without any aid. So I had to go to my phone to to get on the app to meditate. And I, as soon as I touched my phone, in terms of the double-edged sword of calm and pressure, you know, my blood pressure went up, you know, because your body sometimes struggles with what's stress and excitement. And if you love your job, which I do on the most part, you know, it's just too tempting to not do the meditation app and suddenly respond to something, whether it's a job coming in or it's a book tour date or it's someone saying, I love your recipe and I want to say thank you so much for trying it. And which which option did you do? But um, so I'd struggle with remembering to share because I do love it so much that I want to share. And when I said there's almost everything, you know, what I love about my job is almost everything. The bits that I don't like is how much it involves having to be online, which let's be honest, is my choice. So that I don't, you know, I don't need to pull out the violin for myself. Yeah. But, um, but, but you do have a lot of people asking for connection with you. They, they feel very part of your world mm. and you can't just ignore them and you wouldn't and you don't. No. I and mean, I, and I thrive off a hell it. Of lot. Yeah, but it must take you a hell of a lot of time. I mean, what yes. does, how do you, how do you, I mean, there's lots of people playing with Instagram at the moment, you know, of course. How do you put down the boundaries around your time? Oh, hmm. Do you turn well, your phone off? Yes. And I have been, I've seen therapists on and off since I was about 16, 17. And I started again about three and a half years ago weekly because I was ready to process my father's death which had been three years before that so I sort of shut down and didn't really want to deal with it Mm. and actually in terms of the mental health conversation I have to give a huge always a huge thank you to Bryony Gordon because about three and a half years ago she invited me onto her podcast Mad Girl and we ended up talking about grief I told her that Henry and I my boyfriend had bonded over off on our first date which was a tinder date at the amazing canton arms in stockwell the best pub ever <laughs> and we bonded over what we called and i was a bit worried afterwards that it had been a flippant statement and i'd get into trouble we called it the dead dad's club because <laughs> henry i very, knew you would <laughs> i know henry very sadly lost his father then i lost my father and you know i i called it the dead dad's club and then i said it on the podcast and i thought oh my god my mom will kill me people will find it so flippant but I mean it with love in my heart. We bonded mm-hmm. because we could talk about the fact that our fathers had passed and the impact it had had on us. And when, anyway, so I felt I felt freer when I obviously I worried about I had given too much away, uh, but then I felt freer after doing that podcast. And people still message me now, and that's now mm-hmm. three and a half years ago, saying they heard it and it helped them. Mm-hmm. Um, but that really helped me realize that. I can share a recipe on Instagram, let's say, or on TV. And in it, I can use that opportunity to talk about mental health. I can also use it as an opportunity to talk about the fantastic farmer that made an ingredient in that recipe, whether it's a fair trade chocolate brand, whether it's 
uh, a family-run small holding, whether it's a the fact that it's got Jersey Royals and we've got to grab them because it's such a short season and why they're so important or why asparagus grown in the UK is important to eat. You know, and, and actually, if you give a recipe and tell people that things and weave it through, it is more, well, I'm coming back to the word preachy, not, I hope not preachy, more palatable to show a food waste recipe that's absolutely delicious and eye-catching yeah, and promise that it's delicious. And then the bonus is it's, stops food waste if I just I think I've learned that over the last 10 years maybe I got myself into a bit of trouble earlier on where I felt where if you don't explain things enough and just put a picture out it can seem unachievable or not for everyone and now I think I spend a lot more time writing to be useful useful. and helpful I hope I hope yeah well that certainly comes out over that way um your second food moment is very much like that um the farinata what Mm. what, the crispy golden bites tell us about that one Mm. I'm actually making some later uh with anchovies in it I love gram flour chickpea flour also I actually oiled my hair yesterday because I'm growing it for the little princess trust so I can lob off seven inches and and donate it if anyone who has got long hair over lockdown wants to also join me then they then the prince little princess trust they take your hair and turn it into wigs for young people they need at least seven inches i'll just throw that out there anyway so i oiled my hair because it was looking a little bit dry and then i realized that i would then struggle to wash out the oil use sesame oil and i remembered that chickpea flour (laughs) sprinkled into your hair is really no good for way. then washing your hair yeah anyway that's the, <laughs> back to, back to food chickpea flour gram flour is so delicious and affordable and easy to get uh whether it's from your local shop or your big shops and it's i just it's very easy um to use for things like frittatas or egg replacements and i wanted to make something that just had tons of flavour bombs, you know, from your olives and your capers and your onion and your anchovies. Good cupboard ingredients. Expensive though. So the chickpea flour is relatively cheap. The olives and so on are a little bit more expensive, but together you can create a snack or, you know, the base of a delicious lunch or meal that's so easy to make. You can customise it. You can throw on sun-dried tomatoes if you want. You can throw in your leftover roasted carrots if you want. It's just this amazing baking tray's worth of goodness. And I love it. And it's delicious, hot or cold. Yeah. And as we talked about at La Cucina Caldesi back yes. before lockdown, um, you know, it is really about learning very, very basic skills, isn't it? And yeah. then just going into the back of the fridge and pulling it all out and knowing that it's going to be fine mm. and not making it too fussy and just masses of flavours, just never throwing stuff away. Your third food moment is about always having a block of feta in the fridge and you making <laughs> your fritters. I mean, you your frittatas and your fritters, you know. Oh, you, that's, maybe that's my next book. Fritters and frittatas, brackets and soup. <laughs> you heard I mean, it here first. I'm going to go and write the proposal are... now. <laughs> There are endless ways of making frittatas and fritters for you. Mm. Tell us about the courgette feta fritters. Oh my, I'm going to have to do this one for lunch. Oh, it's also fantastic for carrots. You know, when you're co- when we're out of season with courgettes, it's just, well, obviously I know none of us, all of us like to cook seasonally as much as possible, but also uh, a watery courgette is never inspiring, is it? So this is also good with lovely carrots. Um, huh, well... 
It's so funny. I struggle whenever we do this with the food for food moments. I love that you do it, but I I struggle, as you know, to be succinct and drill down into things. So I thought about if you were with me today, we probably would have put feta somewhere. So it's a cold day. It's a cold summery day, but it should be a warm summery day. So I thought, again, a bit like I just said for the farinata, what's delicious and makes me feel good at any temp? Because the pressure's off. What I haven't mentioned yet that I also feel feel good is about not just purpose, not just uniqueness, what not what just suits us is I am determined, I said to myself, as somebody that gets frazzled easily, quickly and heightenedly and then struggles to come back down uh, to earth, um, I promised myself to stop. I was like, do not invite people around unless you enjoy cooking the meal and hosting because nobody wants to go and eat at someone's house when when they're stressed it's not a great energy to have around food hope no one rolls that their eyes that but I truly believe you know you want that's why it's so important to have a happy amazing culture in a a kitchen uh in restaurants because and 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 people growing your food I promised myself to stop cooking or saying cut just pop round I'll just whip something up unless I could really do it so there's a whole chapter called stress-free sharing and that's where the courgette and feta fritters are really easy you can do them in advance they're delicious hot or cold everything's better with feta or fettle you can get uk grown fettle but i also just absolutely love greece and haven't been in a million years and it's a taste of sunshine your fourth food moment is all about your mum and i've said to you in the past that i am one day getting your mum on my podcast because she is the kind of the the beating heart of you and jasmine isn't she 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 is she is a feeder and so are you too um your your fourth food moment though is her filipino chicken and mango tomato salsa yes hash up of all your favorite filipino flavors i mean how much did you eat um in terms of filipino flavors when you were growing up well at the time, I didn't know what was Filipino or not. I mean, I, I genuinely sometimes th- would think that was English, let's say. I would say the smell of ginger was a sort of permeating smell of my childhood. Uh, the reason why I call it a hash-up of Filipino flavours is because I haven't quite tasted a chicken dish like this, but it's got lots of the things I love in it. So there's And there's also a fantastic option for a mushroom version um, for plant-based eaters or people that just want to eat more mushrooms, uh, which I do. I love my mushrooms. It's got star anise, it's got garlic. You can add ginger to it as well. Although I, when I was going through my book, I was like, there's ginger in a lot of this. So I, I took out the ginger in it. It didn't need the ginger, but it is awesome with ginger too. Yeah, tons of garlic, star anise, soy or tamari. Um and then I was marinating it at some point in the recipe development. And then one day I just thought, I don't have time to marinate it. I need to eat my dinner, but I have to recipe test my recipe. And I did it without marinating and it was just awesome. So it's this, it's this flavor packed little mix that you can stir through your chicken. You can put on your fish. You can toss through your mushrooms. You can just drizzle it all over your leftover egg fried rice and whatever veg you've got in the bottom it's just an awesome like a little filipino blast of flavors and my mum if i have people around i generally tend to cook with a filipino flavor because i feel that a lot of my friends just love it and it's a little bit different to what they would usually eat um and you know desperately i didn't see my mum that much over lockdown she was um 
in her home and we were in ours and she was an absolute legend at helping me recipe test remotely she really I mean she recipe tested almost every recipe and it was nice because it, I, I then knew that my mum was really looking after herself and cooking a nice meal it's also about grounding isn't it going back to that kind of treating yourself what is feel good food how do you feel good about food it's about bringing everything that you are to it so mm. that might be you know your commitment to zero waste it might be your commitment to real conscious uh, compassion uh, in terms of high welfare meat for example yes but it's also about bringing the upbringing into your home so yeah it feels to me you know you always use your mum's recipes or your mum's inspiration and it mm. feels like it really gives you a flavor you know I know that Jasmine does it too she does it's, yeah it is it is so important isn't it how do you bring yourself to your food can can everybody bring their food memories to their own tables it 100% does and that is an amazing question Jilly I also would apply that question let me go all therapy talk on you I would bring that because you just really inspire me actually with this conversation you, you know the word purpose keeps coming woven through it's never been more important to show up as our true selves because with varying degrees we were hit in the face with what do I what what does actually make me feel good and what's been taken away from me that made me feel so good and I can't have and what can I hardly wait to do when I'm allowed to that makes me feel good or what have I missed about that person or what's been missing from my life and if we apply it to food I so missed eating at restaurants but I also loved connecting and thinking about how to inspire and entertain myself throughout the week. And one of the things I did was, and actually this is where the name of the book came from, I did this Instagram live series called Feel Good, The Feel Good Sessions. And, you know, thinking about my mum's influence on me, it didn't start out like this, but what ended up happening was everybody started to talk about their mum or their friend at school's mum or dad or granny who used to put something in their lunchbox or a teacher or a meal or a holiday they had as a kid and it just kept coming up it was memories of food that then influenced either the brand of I don't know ketchup they'd ever had or the vinegar that they would only ever eat that vinegar or why they called their restaurant that name or why that cookbook is dedicated to that person and it all has come from influence and I think what's so interesting and and maybe because I didn't study food or uh, I wasn't trained, not that I'm saying this particularly matters, but I've really felt my way through my food uh, and cooking and I have felt no rules with food and I constantly will mix a taste of this with a spice of that and i you know like for example the book the flavor thesaurus one of the best books ever mm -hmm. shows you that really you can't go wrong i mean i'm sort of yeah. summing up that but there's better there's better fast <laughs> yeah, there's better combinations <laughs> and there's fascinating combinations but i think that one one of the amazing things about food it not being just fuel not just being a chance to use our spending power to vote for the world we want through our shopping it's also a chance to really tap into what makes us feel good it's a chance to experience so many people's cultures and absorb things and borrow and admire and appreciate other people's ways of cooking uh, and larders and cupboards and bring it into your own and i think i hope my recipes will always inspire people but then them go free 
and freestyle however they want on top. That's what, that's the Instagram messages I will never not be able to go to bed to if someone says, I made this of yours, Melissa, but then I did this. That's, that's like, ha 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 for me. My, I feel that's my purpose. I'll go to bed happy that night. Thanks for listening. You can read the transcripts to the show now at juliesmith.com. Just click on podcasts. Please get in touch on social media. I'm at Cooking the Books with Jilly Smith on Instagram, where you can follow my adventures in cookery as I spend the next six months at Leith's Online. And you can check the show notes and on Instagram for full details and to follow the links to get Cooking the Books discounts on Leith's cookery courses. I'll see you next week.